Hello there, everybody. It's me, Gary Kidney, the co-host of You've Got to Be Kidding Me on the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network. And I am Liam Jones, my full name, and I am also a part of the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network as a co-host, but you've got to be kidding me. We are a TNA history podcast that covers TNA one month at a time. We cover all the drama, all the matches, all the Vince Russo nonsense you could ever want in your life. Have you you heard of TNA? I bet you have. But would it be funnier if two people made jokes over it the whole time? Probably. So if that sounds like fun to you, check it out on this very Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. And Liam will do bits and whatnot. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Welcome to Jumping Bomb Audio. Welcome back to Jumping Bomb Audio, the number one show all about the wonderful world of Joshi Pro Wrestling. My name is Taylor, and I am joined, as always, by my very good friend and co-host, Kelly. Kelly, hello again. Hello. The recording is on my end, and I'm very stressed about it. Look, we've said it multiple times on this podcast. We have never had, we have never had a week where the recording has gone wrong. We've never lost a recording. The fact that I'm saying it right now always makes me feel that I will jinx it. Today's it hasn't the day. Happened. So I feel confident. The system we have in place, which is now a different system, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but only slightly, will yeah. work and we will not lose this. Um, the great thing is if you're hearing us talking about this, it will sound stupid because you will know that we haven't lost it. Yeah. Unless we went back and recreated it in depth. Yeah. We should record the backup should be, we should record, um, and do like a speech to text thing. There we go. That will record the entire podcast. And if we ever lose a podcast, we will go back and read the script the transcript of the lost podcast. Yeah, I think that's good. Or what we could do is, you know, we don't even have to record podcasts. What we could do is train some AIs on the show. And then every episode we feed them our notes and just let the AIs go. I mean, we have at least a hundred hours of yeah. content. We could just feed that to an AI. They could replicate our voices and just give our then then they would know our opinions on things so they could just give yeah. our opinions. <laughs> yeah. Um 
But the great thing now is listeners don't know whether we're originally recording this podcast or if we're reading our transcript of a lost podcast. Who knows? Uh, Who's to say? Who knows if it's even us? Who's to say? And ghosts in the machine. Right as you were saying that, you did slightly glitch, which uh, on my end, which did really (laughs) give it the sense of the program not quite getting the not quite getting every word of your well, uh, AI voice. Hopefully it's not like the uh, the Seinfeld AI thing where it got canceled after the fake Jerry started talking about trans stuff. Yes, we uh, that will not be happening to us if I can help it. Uh, yeah, I mean, then you'll two, know it's an AI. One of two because, people. Yeah. yeah, you'll know it's an AI because we, we start saying extra wild things that get us canceled. We got a lot to talk about on this show, a big stardom show, a big Tokyo Joshi show, and also a lot of big shows coming up as Japan heads into Golden Week. But before we do that, we got to always do the plugs. You know we got to do the plugs. Follow us on Twitter at JBombAudio. You can follow Kelly at Comic Geek Kelly, and you can follow me at Tamebo. Subscribe to this podcast on your podcast app of choice. And if that app of choice happens to be Apple Podcasts, we would really love a five-star rating and review. And if you're feeling extra generous, you can donate to the show at redcircle.com slash shows slash jumping dash bomb dash audio. So let's get right into that, into this, not into that, into this. We are going to start with Stardom's Cinderella Tournament Finals from April 15th at Yoyogi National Gymnasium in front of 1,049 fans. Kelly, I will let you speak first. What did you think of this show? Taylor, this was certainly a show that we watched. Uh, There was professional wrestling on it. There was a lot of competitors. And they had several matches. I, I can't uh, disagree with anything you've just said. You're very no. you're very right. Uh, to me, to me, it felt like a glorified house show. Yeah, in many ways, sure a did. glorified house show or a road to Yokohama show. Um, I think, and I saw some conversation about this in the Voices of Wrestling Discord. Um, Cinderella tournament this year felt very, I'm trying to think of what the best word, obligatory. Um, it felt like yeah. something that was sort of It was of on in the, the back way. burner for sure. Yeah. The promotion is very clearly focused on this big, giant Yokohama show, and it felt sort of like, eh, who do we make Cinderella? Oh, we'll just do, spoilers, uh, we'll just do Mirai again. Because uh, she won last year and whatever. Rossi completely forgot about the tournament until he t- tripped over the uh, the trophy in his office. And he was like, oh shit. I too had busy, this made. Uh, I gotta use it. Too busy booking the other tournament uh, that they had going. The uh, trios tournament that they ran a month ago. Uh, But let's dive right into the show. Kelly, I don't believe either of us saw the match, but Aya Sakura 
went to a five-minute time limit draw with Hanako. I didn't see that match. Did you? Nope, but I bet it was five minutes long. That's a good guess. And luckily, it fulfilled Stardom's quota of needing a time limit draw on every show. (laughs) That would be great. If they just have the rookies do time limit draws in the openers or the pre-shows, it's like a... It's like a, um, what am I trying to say? It's like drawing a vampire way, being like, oh, go attack this cow, vampire, and don't attack (laughs) all these humans over here. It punches the draw card so Rossi can get his free sub. Yeah. But in terms of matches we did see, the show opened with the first of two Cinderella Tournament semifinal matches, in the first semifinal, Mai Sakurai defeating Wakasukiyama in five minutes and 52 seconds. I know that this uh, Cinderella tournament, there was a lot of talk about Mai Sakurai really um, getting more fan connection, getting really developed. My one note on this match was I just really don't have any... Uh, I don't have any invested interest in my still. No, I'm probably higher on her than you are at this point. Um, I thought she was fine. I thought Waka was fine. Uh, it was sad to see Waka Mania stopped in its tracks. Uh, I will say that the flipping leg drop that Mai did to close out the match looked awesome, and she absolutely nailed that. So that that's cool. That was a cool finish. But overall, just kind of it was an all right match. It was only it was less than six minutes. I just went the uh, the gentlewoman's three. She did land the leg drop very well and will avoid comparisons uh, to another dangerous wrestler on the roster because <laughs> the first time she hit that leg drop, she uh, it looked very brutal, and this time it looked very good. So no. I'm I'm assuming she practiced it and got better which is a great thing to do. Uh, Good advice for all wrestlers and maybe more specific, some wrestlers in stardom. Yep, definitely. The next Cinderella tournament match was Mirai defeating Amisore in 11 minutes and 12 seconds. Here's another note I have. Uh, I wish that crowds would stop doing the claps because when the three claps happen, the only thing I hear in my head is COVID claps to the rhythm (laughs) of the claps. Like it's like a trigger for me of like, this was a thing that happened because of COVID and I want it to stop. Cause I'm like, now you can cheer. Now you can cheer. You don't have to do the claps. Just do some cheers. Um, But another match that I thought was perfectly fine and really had no other thoughts about. Yeah, it took a while for me to get into it, but I thought they both worked pretty hard. And by the end, I thought it was pretty good. Uh, This was uh, three and a quarter for me. The next match was a six-person tag team match. The Club Venus trio of Mina's women, Mariah May, Xena, and the newly debuting Jesse, de- defeating the Stars team of 
Hazuki Koguma and Momo Kogo. This might have been my favorite match on the show. Um, I thought it was really fun. Helps going against Hazuki and Koguma. But I've enjoyed uh, Club Venus. I think Mariah is clearly the um, best one. Good seeing some more Xena and Jesse. Uh, but a fun, you know, three and a quarter match that I enjoyed. Yeah, I'm about the same. I thought it was it was fun. It went by pretty quick. Uh, Jesse, I don't know who she is. Like, I, I'd never seen her work prior to being in stardom. I guess she was in NXT for some time, but apparently not when I was watching. She was, like, a long-time NXT person in that when she debuted, it's one of those people where I don't know if I recognize her or she just looks like a lot of other wrestlers. Yeah. Where I was sort of like, I think I know her, but I couldn't ever have told you... Like, oh, she was the person who did this. Or she was the person in NXT who was whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, I couldn't give you a single thing, but I'm like, I feel like I recognize her, but I don't know if I'm being deceived. She does look vaguely familiar. Like, she may have, we probably just saw squashes she was in or like, oh, there's a brawl. We need some geeks to go out there and break it up. That kind of stuff. Or you're like on Twitter and someone who's in NXT who you know, like takes a picture. Yeah. And it's like, oh, I'm having a great time here in Florida. And like, (laughs) she's in the photo, but you don't really, so you don't know her, but you sort of see the face. Yeah. Continuously. And you're like, oh yeah, it's that person. Yeah. You see it enough times and you're like, oh, okay. I know who this is, but you really don't. (laughs) Also, she looked huge in the match i don't know if it's just because everyone on stars is very small but she looked very tall and i don't know how tall she actually is yeah i'm not Um, sure was that just a me thing or did you notice that she did look uh, taller like i i don't think i don't think she's very tall like i would assume she's probably average height oh well standards well she's uh, i mean According to uh, prowrestling.fandom.com, um, she is five foot nine. Okay. Which, okay. So which, she's mean, taller. which would mean which would mean she's taller than Himika. Uh, oh wow! Himika is five foot eight. That's always just so wild to me because I assume Himika is like six five. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's wild. I mean, now I don't know where this. I don't know what the citation for this five foot nine is. If it was like a WWE build, probably um, five nine, or if it was, you know, I don't know what else it would be. Someone uh, stole her wallet and looked at her driver's license. But five foot nine, and it's on cage match as well. Five foot nine. Um, she was in NXT for five years. Jeez. She was in NXT for five years. She is racking up those Angela Dawkins years. Oh, she wrestled in Evolve twice. Oh. Oh, no, three times. Oh, was that like the era when they were putting some some of it on the network? Well, she has a match from 2018. When did the WWE stuff start? 
That was probably around. I there. think it was after, but I think it was after that. Okay. Because uh, she wrestled on Evolve One Fourteen, October twenty eighteen, losing to Priscilla Kelly. Uh, yeah, that sounds singles, right. In a singles match. Oh yes, it was the WWE time because the tag title match on that show was the Street Profits uh, versus Doom Patrol. Makes sense. That was yeah. That was the that was the episode. That was okay. the show where the Street Profits won the Evolve tag titles. Yeah, so they just sent a whole bunch of NXT people there. <laughs> yeah, and I guess they were like, "Oh, we have Priscilla Kelly. Just send us one single woman." <laughs> yeah. Um, and then she had that was it in 2018, and then she had two matches in Evolve in 2020, early. I'm going to guess they were against Brandy Lauren and Shotzi Blackheart. Now, Brandy Lauren, they weren't against Brandy Lauren, ah, but damn. Brandy Lauren is right. The first one, she her only her sole evolve victory was against a character named Alex Sky, who I have never heard of before. No, no clue. Oh, looks like oh, she hasn't wrestled in two years. That would oh. be why. The loss was her only tag team match. Uh teaming with brandy lauren as the in crowd according to cage match losing to avery taylor and natalia markova uh, who i believe is now an nwa wrestler yeah she's Uh, um was she the one that they turned into my valentine or is that someone no no no. she's a different one oh okay she's a separate woman Oh, uh, from my Valentine, um, and Avery Taylor is oh Avery Taylor is J C Jane. Oh, the now, the other one that was with uh, Priscilla Kelly in NXT. J C Jane is um, yes a member of Toxic Attraction. Yeah, which I don't uh, think is a thing anymore. Well. There were three members in it, and one of the members was fired. Or what was it? Mandy Rose, she quit? She was fired? Yeah, she was showing her butt too much on the internet. And they were like, we need a cut of that. And she's like, fuck you, and then left. Because that was Gigi Dolan, JC Jane, and Mandy Rose. And now, of course, Mandy Rose is gone. Yeah, and I think the the other two are feuding. Um... Possibly, I I don't watch NXT, so I couldn't tell you. I just remember seeing the the GIF of Priscilla Kelly getting her head like stomped into a door, and it looked like it fucking hurt. <laughs> um, but anyway, that's the history of Jesse, uh, single name Jesse, uh, who is now in stardom. <laughs> yep. Uh, anyway. The next match was a 12-person tag team match. The Oedo Tai team of Momo Watanabe, Natsuka Tora, Rina, Ruaka, Saki Kashima, and Starlight Kid defeating the Queen's Quest team of Azumi, Hina, Lady C, Miyu Amasaki, Saya, and Utami in 10 minutes and 47 seconds. This was really the match where I, my opinion on this feels like a house show to me really solidified. This felt like a get people on the show, go out there and just have a match. Yeah, it this was a, a nothing match. 
The next match was another six-person tag team match. The Neo Stardom Army of Nanai Takahashi, Yuna Mizumori, and Yu defeating the Stars team of Hanan, Mayu Iwatani, and Saya Ida in 11 minutes and 46 seconds. I like the double dive off the stanchion. Um, yeah, that was cool. For the Stars for the stars team, I was like, oh, that's fun. Uh, that's a fun thing. Also, it sort of bums me out to have Yuna as sort of the faceless third member of this Neo Stardom army team. But Taylor, uh, she has a tiny gonna... hat. <laughs> that she does, and that's what's res- that's what wrestling is all about. Yeah, she's like, uh, all right, I'll I'll graduate to a big hat later. <laughs> When she gets when she pulls the big hat out, that's when people will know that she's uh, serious. Yeah, when she wears the big hat, that's when you know she's going to be Cinderella twenty twenty four champion. It'll be like, uh oh, the big hat. <laughs> um, yeah, but the dive off the stanchion was what I liked, and that was uh, that was what I liked. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I went three stars. I kind of liked this a little bit more than I thought I would. I don't know why, but just nothing about this match screamed excitement to me. Uh, But we did get a cool post-match. Oh, that is, uh, you are totally right. As a mysterious person who sort of looked like, um, with the sort of, uh, I don't know what color you would, tan face mask and the hair did you think it was a mask too i thought it was a momo mask. i was like is this another momo mask and then i realized oh no it's just someone that's 100 percent what i thought um who revealed herself to be mercedes the iwgp women's champion mercedes monet who attacked her next challenger, Mayu Iwatani, um, after the match, and then revealed her blue hair and her face. Yep. Yeah, no, that was, it was cool seeing her pop up on this show that otherwise was fairly unnoteworthy. <laughs> I was also thinking, oh, I guess she's just in Japan for a couple weeks now. Yeah, I probably. She's not flying back to America. Yeah, I would assume she's out. just. Got yeah. like an apartment or something. Maybe she can go uh, see all the uh, big uh, shows in Josie that are that are happening. Maybe. Uh, and train with uh, the Tokyo Joshi folks, which I know yeah. she enjoys doing. Go uh, farming with uh, Sendai girls. <laughs> That's right. The most important thing to learn how to farm. Yep. The next match was a singles match. Suri defeating Konami in 10 minutes and two seconds. Kelly, what did you think of this match? I thought this was good, but also incredibly disappointing because it should have been great, but it just wasn't. Uh, Konami is definitely a step slower than she should be, but that's just because she barely wrestles anymore. And it was, it was, it was a bummer. It was a bummer of a match. It was like, man, this was like the one thing on the show I was looking forward to. And it was, it was good. That's it. It wasn't what as good as I was hoping. It was, it was good. It was a solid three and a half star match that should have been a four and a quarter at minimum. (laughs) 
Yeah, this was the moment in the show where I stopped taking notes because almost all of my notes were this match is fine slash good. And that, that would be my only note in the match. And that was sort of my note uh, for this match, which was this match was fine. I agree with you. Um, wish it would have been better. I thought it had the possibility to be better, but uh didn't happen. Yeah. The semi-main event of this show was the finals of the Cinderella tournament for 2023. Mirai going back to back, the first person ever to go back to back in the Cinderella tournament, defeating my Cinderella Fiesta Erasure. Well, no, back to back. That wasn't back to back. I thought it was back to back. Um, No, Mayus were like four years apart. Oh. Um, The first consecutive years. Okay. um, I think. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe I'm totally wrong. Uh, Mirai (laughs) becoming the two-time Cinderella tournament champion, defeating my Sakurai in 13 minutes and 12 seconds. Kelly, I'll throw it to you again. Uh, It was fine. Um, My main takeaway from this was that Mirai is by far the weakest link in the Cinderella tournament lineage. And this past year has done nothing to make me think otherwise. In fact, I don't know. Maybe I might view her lower than I did a year ago. I don't know. Um, It was good. I just don't see it with Mirai. I think she's a good hand. I don't see any kind of main event anything in her. And I think this match showed why this was not the main event of the show and why this, the whole Cinderella tournament has kind of just felt like an afterthought. I mean, my biggest question is she wins last year. She loses her child, her title challenge. It feels like she has to win this time. Yeah, Um, and she absolutely should not. (laughs) Well, she has to win. I'm assuming she's not beating the winner of Julia and Tom. Just because I'm assuming whoever comes out of that as the winner is not going to lose to Mirai. No. I guess if Saya beats Mina... I guess. Then... Mirai would be the winner, but I think that there's a chance that Mina wins. Yes, I think Saya. Mina's the one to beat Saya. And then you're not going to have Mirai beat her like a month later. That doesn't seem logical. And other than that, she's not going to challenge for, I mean, she could challenge for the IWGP women's title and hey, go sure, up against Mercedes, but that doesn't feel like a hot match to me. And it doesn't feel like something where the only reason they would take the title off Mercedes is if she has no more dates. Yeah. But, but it point, sure does sound like a match that would be like fifth from the top on the best of the super juniors finals. Um, yeah. So, I don't know. I think that she is firmly sort of sliding into that Himika, Micah sort of, oh, hey, you're around. Uh, we might do something with you once in a while. But 
she's now won the Cinderella tournament twice, but I don't know. Shrug. The M in stardom stands for Mariah. The main event of the show was a best two out of three falls eight person tag team match. The Donna Del Mundo quartet of Julia, Himika, Micah, and Tekla defeating the Cosmic Angels quartet of Mina Shirakawa, Natsupoi, Tom Nakano, and Saki. Two falls to one in 14 minutes and 43 seconds. And this to me really solidified the sort of road to vibes of the show. Obviously this very much pushing the Julia and Tom title match that is coming up next weekend, which we will talk about shortly. Other than that, just once again, I hate to sound like a broken record, just a match to me. Yeah. I think this was by far my favorite match of the show. Uh, I went three and three quarters on it. Uh, I really thought they did a good job of furthering the main event feud here with uh, Julia beating Tom and Tom beating Julia. I thought that was an interesting decision. Uh, And I also liked the the finish of the match where Micah beat Natsupoi. It was kind of just throwing a little extra salt in the wound just to to specifically beat Natsupoi, who left Donna Del Mundo to go hang out with uh, the, the despicable Tom. So I, I I thought it I thought they did a good job with storytelling in this match. I I enjoyed it. Well, that is everything for the Stardom Cinderella. Oh wait, no no tournament. no, there's still there's oh. still stuff. There's still stuff. There's a there's a whole post match. Oh well, go for it. So after the match, uh, Julia cut a promo and was like, "Haha, Tom sucks," and then everyone laughed at her and they left. And then uh, Mina was like. Hey, you know, they might be right. I'm leaving and I'm taking Waka with me. And Tom was like, what? Waka, you're not going. And Waka was like, nope, I'm leaving. Bye. So then uh, Mina officially split off from Cosmic Angels and took Waka with her. And then Tom was crying because her friends are leaving. And it's like, well, you did the same thing with Natsupoi. How's it feel now? And then uh, Saori Ano showed up and she was like, hey, guys, I guess I'll join with you. And they're like, cool, this is all right. And then they left and they did the pose where they put their hands on their faces and Sauri did not do it. And then Tom was like, hey, you got to do this. And Sauri's like, no, don't touch my arm. I have an injury here. And then they left and that was the end of the show. There you go. Uh, a great summary. <laughs> did any of that happen? There. Did I just fan fiction it? Who knows? Who's to say? You know, also, I'm still not convinced that the Julia-Tom match doesn't end with Julia winning and then Himika destroying Julia while wearing a salmon jacket and cutting a I've got a lot left in the tank promo. I think that is an entirely possible thing that that could happen. I'm going to say I don't think that that will happen. I'm not sure that Stardom is going to start doing um, what? decades old uh, WWE storyline tribute um, tributes. But it sure, but it sure would heat up Hameka. And you could start like a new heel faction with her that would actually have some heat besides the cartoon bad guys. Like it could be so good. They're not going to do it. I know. 
She's retiring. Yeah, but what if she's not? She is. What if she is? What if she's got a lot left in the tank, Taylor? I think she does have a lot left in the tank, but I don't think she wants to empty the tank. Oh. I think she wants to keep the what's in her tank for herself. <laughs> and not for and not for you, Kelly. Oh. Specifically, not for you. Um, Damn it, here we go. What have that, I done? Anyway, that was the Stardom show. Uh, but that was not the only show on April 15th. Tokyo Joshi also had their latest Corican Hall show, Stand Alone, uh, in front of 620 fans there at Corican Hall. Kelly, what did you think of this show? I thought it was a daring choice to name the show after the classic uh, Godsmack song. Uh, so that that was inter- that was an interesting choice, and uh, overall, I thought the show was fun. Um, I thought the show was great. I don't think it will um, at the end of the year, but I thought it was sort of a low level show of the year contender. Really? My, wow. Okay. In my opinion, yeah. Uh, maybe it was that I was watching it live. Um, I don't know, but I thought it was a super fun show. And had a bunch of very good matches, you know, fun matches or very good matches on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it kicked off with a singles match, Mocha Miyamoto defeating Kaya Toribami in seven minutes and 31 seconds. Kelly, what did you think of this kickoff match of Stand Alone? I thought they both looked kind of rough here. Like, I don't know why. It just, it seemed like just something wasn't clicking and this was a level below what I expect from these two. So I only went two and three quarters on it. I came away fairly disappointed. I thought it was pretty good. I thought that they sort of tried to do a a fast paced opening sequence. I think it was maybe a little bit too much for them because they had, it felt slightly sort of cooperative in that, the moment that stuck out to me was sort of they're running the ropes and Mocha bent over for Kaya to do her like roll over the back move. I don't know what you, what the yes, name of that yes, 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 that I remember. And that. I was like, I was like, why would you do like in kayfabe? Why would you just bend down like that? Other than you're waiting for Kaya to do this move. But I thought other than that, it was a well-worked sequence. It was just one of those things where it was like, okay, that, you know, would have ideally come from some other reason. Like you throw her off on the ropes and you're going to backdrop her or something. Um, but I thought it was a, you know, well-worked match. I thought they both got an opportunity to shine. Uh, Mocha getting another victory, um, sort of solidifying her move, her continued move up the card. You know, I thought it was like three, three stars. I wasn't crazy about it. Um, but I thought it was a fun opening match. Yeah, I don't think it was bad. It's just I expect better from them, you know? The next match was a six-person tag team match. Haru Karashiro, Haruna Neko, and Yuki Aino defeating the Daisy Monkey duo of Ariso Endo and Suzume, who were teaming with Runa Okuba in 10 minutes and 15 seconds. Uh, the big moment of the match has to be uh, Arisa Endo 
doing a flip on a lariat from Harun Nego. <laughs> <laughs> like a big, like, um, New Japan style end of the match, like getting destroyed by a lariat full 360 flip, uh, which I thought was uh, very funny. Um, but Stan I thought the, the lariat rookies... Neko. <laughs> I thought the rookies once again here looked, you know, fine. I didn't really have a lot of thoughts about this, them. I thought this was sort of a just a decent match. Um, I think it's very clear why uh, Haru and Runa, you know, they're very young, obviously, but very clear why they are a little bit farther down the card than people like Toga and Shino, because they are very clearly sort of a step behind them. But of course, they're much younger, so that makes sense. But I thought this was just sort of the get everyone on the card, traditional Tokyo Joshi match. Yeah. Yeah, I thought this was solid. Really the thing that stood out to me most was that Harun and Neko matched her hair color to the new accents in her gear, and I thought that was a fantastic look. It is one of those things I was thinking as they were sort of running through the card at the beginning that um now there's so many of these rookies now that I'm like these cards are really going to be packed like they're going to be packed mm-hmm. in a way just because you've all of a sudden added what four or five new people all at once um not not anything negative but i was just sort of like oh interesting um when thinking yeah, about that you you got and you got to get them reps so you de- you have to get them yeah. on the card too for sure so i'm assuming we'll be seeing a lot more six and eight man eight person tags on the undercard of these shows the next match was a speaking of the next match was an eight person tag team match the team of maki ito toga wakana uihara and yuki kamafuku defeating the foursome the most famous foursome in all of Tokyo Joshi, the Up Up Girls, Hikari Noah, Miyu Watanabe, Raku, and Shino Suzuki in 13 minutes and 22 seconds. I thought, um, I wrote in my notes, sort of thought this ruled. Uh, I thought it was really great. Uh, Maki Ito coming to the ring, sounding like Tomiaka Hanma. Oh uh, my God. <laughs> in the beginning. And like Chris Brooks and Drew Parker on commentary, like bearing her for <laughs> losing her voice. Um, just a fun match. They also, you know, Raku was doing her stuff and Hikari Noah comes in the ring and starts covering uh, Wakana's mouth. Like she's trying to kill her, um, which I also thought was uh, very funny, but I thought everyone looked really good. I thought Wakana and Shino, and Toga all got moments to shine and looked good. And, of course, Miyu Watanabe in a match looked great. Loved the, once again, the dragon sleeper swing that she did, which looks so great. And I just really dug it. It was like a match where I had a lot of fun and I just enjoyed myself. Yeah, this was really good. Um Love seeing the Up Up Girls tag together. I'm I'm really hoping now seeing them on the uh, 
Mania Weekend show and here that they make it a more consistent thing. Like that, that would be fun. Uh, I came away from this match super impressed with uh, Shino Suzuki. I thought her closing stretch with Maki Ito was fantastic. Like just a really great way to close the match. And she really kind of blew me away with there. Yeah, I think it's clear why the three of them are here sort of in this more featured match, because I thought they were all I thought that, like I said, I thought they all had moments when I was like, oh, this is why, you know. They have something that doesn't just feel like, oh, they're rookies. This is their first handful of matches, mm-hmm. you know, and obviously Shino getting put in up up girls is a big deal. So I'm assuming they would want someone who isn't going to, you know, have to sort of putz around at the bottom of the card because she has to be with the up up girls in some manner. Yeah. You know, it can't be like, oh, here are three, you know, maybe not Raku, but here are three really prominent members of the roster and a fourth member who's like, doesn't do anything. (laughs) Uh, So makes sense to me, but yeah, I thought they all looked, looked very good. The next match was a special match. The team of Hyper Misao and Shoko Nakajima defeating Himawari and Yuki Arai in nine minutes and two seconds in a tag team match refereed by special referee SKE48 member Shiori Aoki, a match that almost um, was much shorter than this, Kelly, except (laughs) uh, Aoki, the... Rookie ref forgot to ring the bell to begin the match. So the initial pin, which happened, I believe, in about three seconds, did not count. I uh, thought this was a really just unique match in that the story of the match was built around the inexperience of the referee. And I don't think I've ever seen that before. Yeah, my first note was I thought this was a lot of fun. And in a very, you know, we come on the show a lot with Hyper Masao matches and we're like, this was a Hyper Masao match. Like, they're very funny, uh, but they're all very similar. This, to me, felt very different than that. Mm-hmm. Um, I well, also this was easy really to follow. Enjoy- like, we yeah. didn't need to understand dialogue to figure out what was going on. This was just the referees inexperienced and, and, and you're off. I didn't even, I, I totally missed that she was part of SKE 48. Like, so I just thought she was some random person that they're like, all right, she's going to be our new referee. And so, yeah, I thought they did a very good job of getting that story across. Yeah. And I thought it was a lot of fun. Obviously the big moment, not ringing the bell at the beginning to start the match. <laughs> um, I really liked the audience getting very into applauding for her doing the um, five count to break up moves, you know, doing one, two, three, four, and then they would break and everyone would be like, yeah. (laughs) And then uh, the other highlight was the quick pin exchange where she kept standing up and moving to the other side to count the pin very slowly, Um, which then climaxed with her doing a cartwheel uh, (laughs) from one side of the ring to the other, which I found very um, interesting, but just a really like, I was just having a great time. Yeah. Um, And I thought this was really good. And I hope that uh, Aoki comes back and has more matches. Yeah, no, this was Uh, very fun. I enjoyed her a lot here in this role. (laughs) 
the first and last time I'll ever say about a match, and you know us on this show, we're often saying get some referees off of matches. Yeah. Uh, the first time, and maybe last time I'll ever say, oh, I hope I see this referee more. Yeah. Uh, yeah, maybe, sure. I don't, maybe just have her uh, replace Daichi. There we go. There we go. The ultimate jumping bomb audio solve of all yep. our problems. Uh, <laughs> the next match was another tag team match. The, uh, what word do I want to use to describe? The beloved team, uh, the yeah. beloved newly formed team of Max the Impaler and Palm Harajuku defeating Mahiro Kiryu and Yuka Sakazaki in 12 minutes and 36 seconds. This was another match, and this is probably why I think so highly of this show. Another match that I watched and just, like, had a great time. I really enjoyed it. I love the stuff. Obviously, the highlight of it was the stuff between Max and Palm. Um, love the finish with the super Palm to Justice, which yes. looks great. Uh, and it's just, we all love Palm Harajuku and I was happy to see this and it was a lot of fun and I thought the story that they told was really cool. Yeah, this was my favorite match on the card. <laughs> I had a really good time with this. Uh I I feel like this means that uh they have to get a title shot. Well, they beat, they don't beat jump Yuka. ahead. <laughs> don't jump ahead here, Kelly. Okay, okay. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about that shortly. Okay. I also um, I think this might be the best that Kiryu has ever looked. I thought she was great here. And like not I in just it, like oh man, she was doing crazy flips or whatever. She just looked more comfortable than I think she ever has. And it 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 just made the match even better for me. Well, Kelly, longtime listeners of the podcast will know that many months ago I made the official decree on Mahiro that she was good. Yep. So um, <laughs> another W for me yep. in that I said it and I was right. <laughs> <laughs> I said it and I never said anything different in any nope. other week. Nope. Uh, I've, ne I've never changed my mind. Nope. Um, but yeah, just another. It was funny because, I mean, I went four stars on this match just because I, I thought it was so fun. It, but it was a weird thing. Like at this point in the show, I was like, this show is so good. And so you were like, oh, I don't really see it as like a show of the year contender. And I'm like, that sort of makes sense to me. But I was having so much fun that I was just like, this is such a fun like thing. Even though these matches aren't like, oh, the greatest worked matches of all time. It's like the show flew by because I watched mm. it live. And I was like, wow, this show is flying, flew by. I had a great time. I finished. I was like, yes. You know, you finish a show and you're like, I want to watch like another show. Yeah. Uh, which sometimes is not the case. Sometimes you get to end of shows and you're like, okay, I need to do something else right now. <laughs> I need um, to go to bed. Yeah. Uh, so I just thought it was a super enjoyable show to me. Yeah. No. And it's like, that's. That's what Tokyo Joshi is so great at. They just make these shows that are just so easy to digest. They fly by. They do fun stuff. There's a lot of variety in what you're seeing. Like it's just their shows are so easy to sit down and watch. Save big on brunch for mom. All in the Kroger app. 
Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. The semi-main event of this show was an international princess title match. The new champion, Rika Tatsumi, successfully defending her title against the debuting Vert Vixen. Uh, Jumping Bomb Audio favorite Vert Vixen in 10 minutes and 55 seconds. I thought that this was... Wasn't blown away. I thought it was a solid match. My one major complaint, and this is sort of nitpicky a little bit, was on English commentary. It felt like they were really focusing on, oh, Vert Vixen, her knees. um, Her knee is hurt. She can't put weight on the knee. But it felt like the match itself was not saying that. It felt like they were sort of like, oh, her knee is very bad. And what is she going to do? But she wasn't really selling it. And so it was a weird sort of mix of commentary saying one thing, but the match itself wasn't really saying that thing. And, you know, I enjoy Chris and drew. I thought that they were a lot of fun and they sort of matched the vibe of the show of Tokyo Joshi, but it was just sort of a strange thing that distracted me because every time they were like, Oh, her knee is really hurt. And I look and it, you know, she was fine. I think they were just trying to find a story in a match that really didn't have much of one. It was just, it was a very basic match. And I don't know. I Vert Vixen lives on AEW Dark. And this is what that felt like to me. It was very much, uh, oh, this is the main event of Dark. And you get like a 11 minute long three star match. It was fine. It was whatever. Uh, People, wrestlers need to stop being gamers. I don't, I don't need you yelling level up and game over. We already have enough of that. Wow. Kelly coming. Who could expect Kelly coming out against gamers? Yeah. Well, you know, episode 79 of jumping Bob audio. Yeah. And then the, the the PlayStation knee pads, like it was, it was a bit too much. Just too much, too much gaming. There was no cosplay though, so I appreciate that. There was no. That's right. Well, the main event of the show was the Princess of Princess title match. Mizuki successfully defending her newly won title defeating now Kakuta in 15 minutes and 45 seconds. And Kelly, I'm fascinated because earlier on you said the Palm Max tag match was your favorite match on the show. I'm fascinated to hear what you thought of this match. Uh, I thought this was good. Uh, I, I went three and three quarters on it. I So I, I liked it, but I didn't see it as like an upper tier level, like main event. It was just a solid, it was a good main event. Uh, I thought the dynamic between these two was very interesting in that it they don't really hate each other but there is a 
definitely high level of just like professional animosity there. And I think that was interesting because that's something you don't see a ton in wrestling because everything is always just like, oh, we're, you know, we're competing or it's like they went to my house and invaded my lawn and now I have to kill him. But this was just like, man, I don't know. She's kind of she's mean sometimes. I don't really like her that much. And it just it came across well in the match that they just kind of just like, you know what? I don't like this broad. I'm going to smack her upside the head a little bit harder than normal. And so I thought that was fun. That was uh, that was an interesting approach to the story. Uh, overall, good match. I didn't feel like it ever kicked into like a high gear that I would hope for out of a Tokyo Joshi main, but good nonetheless. Well, I really liked it. I almost went four and a quarter, but I ended up going four just because I thought the finish was slightly underwhelming. Um, but I just thought it was a really good, hard-hitting match. I thought they hit each other very hard. I thought that they were ambitious with some of the stuff. There was the Mizuki. She tried to sort of like jump off of Now's shoulders to do a foot stomp, which didn't quite work, but I sort of got what they were going for. I don't know. I just really liked it. It's funny because I'm only at four stars, a quarter star off of you, but I thought it was very good. Um, I saw some people, I think, that were slightly higher um, than that, but I just thought it was a really well-worked match. I thought, like I said, they really didn't feel like they were holding anything back um, hitting each other hard. So it was something I enjoyed. And, you know, I look back and, you know, the semi-main I thought was fine, but, you know, between the eight woman tag, the hyper Masao match, uh, Palm and Max, and then this main event, I had a bunch of stuff that was either like three and three quarters or four stars for like four of the last five matches, which is why I went, Oh, this is actually, <laughs> um, very good. I think especially for a show that looking at it on paper, for the first time you sort of look at it and you're like, ah, it's not a crazy, it's not a show that jumps out to you as a show that would be, I was sort of thinking, okay, this will be a fine show. There might be maybe one good match. And I ended up really enjoying myself. Yeah, no, it was definitely a, everything was good at minimum kind of show. Yeah, so I think instead of being a victim of expectations, I think it it benefited by the expectation my expectations that it was just going to sort of be a fine show. Mm -hmm. But that was Tokyo Joshi's standalone Cork and Hall show. What else has been going on in Joshi? Um, most notably, the IWGP Women's Championship was defended at Sakura Genesis. Mercedes Monet, as we mentioned, retaining her title, defeating Azumi and Hazuki. Uh, this was a match I thought was really good. I went four and a quarter. Kelly, what did you think of this match? I I liked it a lot. I went four. Uh, I thought it was a really good kind of showcase of the high speed style on a New Japan show. Yeah, I thought, of course, Azumi and Hazuki looked uh, great. And I thought Mercedes sort of kept up with them in a style that is very um, 
what's the word I'm looking very sort of specifically defined and there are people who are very good at it, but it's not a style that a ton of people do in terms of the high speed style. So I thought Mercedes kept up um, very well. I was con very confused about Mercedes pinning Azumi and not Hazuki because I thought that was the whole point of having Hazuki in the match. Yeah, that was weird, <laughs> but I guess not. Um, but very good. I would say definitely seek it out. It's definitely worth your time. Also, Azumi then, fresh off her defeat on the 14th, defeating Saki Kashima to make uh, defense number 11 of the high-speed title. So who's to say when she will relinquish that belt? Saki, uh, this is why you should have shot for the top belt. You lost anyway, but you could have rolled up uh, Julia and won. Could have done it. Uh, not too much else happening in the world of Joshi. Sendai Girls had a show on the 16th. Not much going on there. Uh, Benny Okawa will not be returning to Ice Ribbon. <laughs> Another week where I'm coming on an episode of Jumping Bomb Audio and talking about someone leaving Ice Ribbon. So. Yeah. Not happy to say. And Kelly has a report from Gleet. Uh, over in Gleet on the uh, show from the 12th, Unagi Sayaka defeated Michiko Miyagi, thus exiling Miyagi from Gleet. Uh, I'm not entirely sure if Miyagi is completely leaving the company or if she'll come back as like Cassandra Miyagi or something. I would assume. I think she is just leaving, but I'm not entirely certain on that but yeah we'll have to see if she pops up somewhere else and what unagi's future in this company is because it looks like she's planning on taking uh some of the younger wrestlers under her wing uh miyagi's story when it's all said and done uh whenever that happens to be is one of the more fascinating stories it really is joshi of the past decade or so um just very a very bizarre career to me. Just bouncing around everywhere. <laughs> From Sendai Girls, went to stardom and was I, you know, was seemingly almost unanimously, you know, despised by the fans, <laughs> um, and then has sort of bounced around, ended up in Glee, and now maybe gone from that promotion. So yeah, very weird. <laughs> But what is coming up? And let me tell you, there is a lot of shows coming up. We are getting close to Golden Week, so we'll have a lot of promotions running bigger shows. But the biggest show of all in the next two weeks, Stardom's All-Star Grand Queendom coming up. The big show that they have been focused on now for a while. And the card is as follows. The opening match will be the traditional big show. Yokohama Rumble, the only wrestler so far who has been announced for the match, is Momoe Nakanishi. Kelly, give me a prediction with only one wrestler announced. Who's going to win the Yokohama Rumble? Um, I'm going the super strong machine. Super strong stardom machine. That's interesting because um, I was going to go sexy dynamite princess. 
That's what I was going to go, but I could not remember her name. (laughs) (laughs) Uh. Sexy Dynamite Princess, or I'll give myself two. I'll give myself an out. Or her civilian alter ego. I'll say that. Uh, okay. Um, Who's that? The. Uh, well, I don't want to. I don't want to. Um, oh, okay. Do- I don't want to dox uh, Sexy Dynamite Princess. Is it Tracy um, Williams? <laughs> yes, it's Hot Sauce Tracy Williams. Ah, no, it's Hoshi it. Tongo. Oh, of course. Um, <laughs> Um, other matches on the show, uh, Fuachan will make her return to stardom teaming with Hazuki against Utami and Miyu Amasaki. Tekla will make an interesting team with the rest of Club Venus, Mariah May, Zena, and Jesse uh, mm. to wrestle against the Oedo Tai Quartet of Natsuko Tora, Momo Watanabe, Ruaka, and Saki Kashima. Tekla spending a lot of time shit-talking Club Venus, so this will be an interesting uh, teaming here. Yeah. And maybe the match, if not the match I'm looking most forward to, the match I think is most likely to steal the show, Mesa Ruga will team with Azumi to take on Starlight Kid and May Sierra, the former May Hoshizuki from Marvelous oh. in a tag team match. And I think that this will be very good. Yeah, no, that should be awesome. Really a match designed for Kelly and I with Pretty four much. people Kelly and I really enjoy on a big show, all in one match. Yeah, no, this is this is great. More of this. Then the Himika retirement road continues with the biggest match and the final stardom match for Himika taking on her longtime tag team partner, Micah, in a singles match, Himika versus Micah. And if Kelly's dreams come true, maybe Himika will pull out the victory and unretire herself after this match. She might. You never know. You never know. Then for the tag titles, the champions Nanai Takahashi and you will defend against Cinderella Tournament winner Mirai and Cinderella Tournament semifinalist Ami Sore. Kelly, do you think we have new tag team champions after this match? Um, that seems very possible, I think. Uh, that it would make sense, and I wouldn't mind it. The Takahashi and you tag title run hasn't been lighting the world on fire. What if uh Mirai won the tag title and then said, Oh, I won the Cinderella tournament, but I just won a title, so I don't need another title. <laughs> Yeah, what if she, before the uh, match, she's like, I'm using this uh, match for my title shot. Thank you. Uh, Next on the card, the big six-person tag title match, the prominence trio of Risa Sarah, Suzu Suzuki, and Kurumi Haragi will take on the restart trio of Kairi, Natsupoi, and Sayori Ano. Should be a very good match. Hell yeah. 
this card fucking rocks and really feels like it was made for us. <laughs> uh, it's a big show card and it feels, uh, well, maybe not the first few, uh, maybe not, um, you know, I don't know the, the Oedo tie eight person tag, but yeah, but the they're doing some fun the with at least, uh, the, the Mina's women and putting Tekla in there. Like that's, that's fun that's at least. Uh, but this I mean, is shit. The next you know, match is uh, UWF style. Like, come on, that's for me. <laughs> <laughs> and it is Shuri against Chihiro Hashimoto, and it can only be finished by submission, knockout, or ref stoppage. Kelly, how do you think this match ends? Uh, probably time limit draw. Oh, I was gonna say double <laughs> knockout. <laughs> I think it's uh, very clear it's not going to end cleanly. Yeah, no, I think, yeah, double knockout is probably very likely in, like, a double headbutt or something. Or maybe it's a, um, one of them has the other in a submission. Their shoulders are down. The ref is counting to three, one, two, and then the other person starts tapping out. <laughs> And so no, it's like, what, one, two, stops, three, tap, 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 tap. Da- Daichi stops counting because he's like, wait, you can't win by pinfall. Oh, yeah, I forgot. There's no pinfalls. But um, no, that makes sense, though. I think that works perfectly. So you get the visible three count, even though, and the referee's like, wait, I'm dumb. <laughs> maybe they bloody each other and the refs say, oh, we can't have this. Uh, that could be, yeah. Ref stoppage. Throws a towel on their faces. Yeah. The next match, our first of three singles title matches, is for the IWGP Women's Championship. Mercedes Monet, the champion, will defend against the stardom icon Mayu Iwatani. Kelly, do you think Mayu pulls out the victory here? I don't, but I kind of wish she would. Like, I don't think Mercedes run is bad, but I don't know. I think it kind of sucks to have Mayu lose after she was not able to be the inaugural champion. It's very weird to me in that this almost feels like it's not a like the IWGP Women's Championship has not felt connected to stardom at all, even though it's had stardom wrestlers in it. It's just like a weird thing where I'm like, oh, yeah, I guess this is a. I don't know. Yeah, it kind of just exists in its own little world. Yeah. The semi-main of this show, Saya Kamatani will defend her Wonder of Stardom title against Mina Shirakawa. Kelly, make the official decree. Mina. Is this the match where Saya loses the title? This is it. This is when the reign of terror ends. Mina brings in a new era of women. Uh, well, breathe uh, we will... with the women. <laughs> oh boy. Okay. <laughs> and the main event of this show for the world of stardom title, the feud reignited. Julia will defend the title against Tom Nakano. Kelly, what happens here? Hopefully blood. Let Tom run the razor. Let Julia do it. You let, you let him bleed on the fucking press conference. Let him do it in the match. 
I want a bloodbath. And I also want Julia to beat the despicable Tom. <laughs> wow. Uh, maybe they saw the uh, Joey Janela spring break. Maybe they saw Maki Ito. Uh, yeah, maybe they're like, hey, this is all right. And they said, if they can do it, we can do it. <laughs> yeah, I hope that's uh, what happened. But we will uh, have to see what happens. Who do you think comes out winning? Um, I think that um, I I think Tom. Uh, I don't know. My gut says Tom, but I'm like Tom won the last. Yeah, Tom won the hair match. I think it's time for. But Julia then the hair match Tom felt like it her. didn't really. But then it felt like that hair match didn't even really matter because Julie was like, I like having short hair. This is cool. <laughs> so maybe, I don't know, maybe Tom says, I finally got you with this and I took the title. And I'm like, and Julie okay. is like, you know what? I never liked having a belt anyways. It can't hold up my pants. And I guess if it's not going to be t- like, do they have someone ready to come in and win the title or is this another like Julia's gonna hold like everyone has been doing Julia's gonna hold it for a year I think Julia's gonna have the belt for a long while I don't know I don't know well that's why we unless unless Himika is the one that beats Julia all right moving on uh, speaking of Himika, on the 28th, Bushi Road will be having a joint show with Pro Wrestling Wave Jumbo Forever, which only uh, has one match announced so far, which will be the retiring Himika against Sakura Hirota. Uh, so the rest of that card will be announced. And then the 29th and the 30th starts Stardom's golden week show speaking of that on the 30th seedling has a show at cork and hall to kick off golden week the main event of that show arisa nakajima tagging with takumi aroha to take on ayami sasamura and riko kaiju that should be fun also asuka and makoto tagging in the semi-main to take on the noah superstars Natsu Samire and Maya Yukihi. Uh, so a fun show there. Oz has a big show also on the 23rd. Two, uh, three title matches there. Uh, Momoko Hanazono will defend her three-way title against Kiori Yoniyama and Kohaku. Uh, the tag titles will be up for grabs. Sona Kokado and Ryo Mizunami taking on Jaguar Yokota and Mayumi Ozaki. And in the main event, Itsuki Aoki will challenge for the Oz Open Weight title against Akino. Tokyo Joshi, Kelly, you said it earlier in the show that Max and Palm should get a tag title match. Well, good news. You don't even have to wait a full week. And Mizuki and Yuka Sakazaki will defend the Princess Tag titles in Tokyo Joshi against Max the Impaler and Palm Harajuku on April 22nd also on that show will be Vert Vixen 
going up against Moko Miyamoto, another big singles match for Moka. Ice Ribbon will have a show on the 29th featuring an Ice Infinity tag title match. Totoro Satsuki will defend against Ibuki Hoshi. Uh, Diana has a Korokin Hall show on the 29th. And Marvelous has a show on the 22nd featuring Asuka versus Mio Momono and Kelly. What is coming up in the world of Chuckle Pro? Uh, they've got two shows coming up that are crossovers with Deadlock Pro Wrestling uh, on the 25th and the 27th. The 25th show is headlined by Violence is Forever taking on CDK. Uh, we'll also have Emi Sakura and Kaori Oneyama taking on Miyuki Takase and Haruka Umasaki. And then Mei Suruga and Ryo Mizunami versus Chie Koshikawa and Kaho Kobayashi. So those three matches should all be fun. Um, I think also on that show is Rina Yamashita versus Balianaki. That should be very good as well. Uh, and then on the 27th, the only match that I know of so far was just announced yesterday, I believe, and that is Mesa Ruga versus Arisu Endo, and that should be very good. So that is everything coming up in the next two weeks. We'll have plenty to cover on the next show, highlighted by All-Star Grand Queendom, which will be a very big show. But that is everything. Kelly, what do you have to say for yourself at the end of another episode of Jumping Bomb Audio? Uh, The Mario movie was good. Had a good time with it. Didn't challenge me in any way. Uh but it was exactly what it should have been. Perfect for children. Taylor, did you see the Mario movie? Uh, I did not. And I'm shocked after you buried gamers earlier in the, in the episode, you're coming out here talking about the Mario movie. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I don't mind gamers. I just don't want my wrestlers to be outwardly gamers. I want them to be wrestlers. I don't want Adam Cole coming out here dressed like master chief. I don't need people yelling level up and game over and it's like wow you play video games it's like jesus uh, all right cool we know that how about you wrestle a fucking match get more vertical maybe you're looking real horizontal at the end of that match let me tell you something wow uh all right well i guess shooting uh, i'm shooting it's shoot week is that a recommendation for to see the mario movie or yeah yeah no it is it was good it was it was Exactly what it should have been. Um, Chris Pratt's voice is nowhere near as bad as the trailers led me to believe. Uh, it's it's kind of, it, it's fine. It should be better, but it's it's fine. This is just the reality of uh, big budget animated movies now, where you just need to have celebrities doing the voices instead of voice actors. He was definitely better than Seth Rogen as Donkey Kong because uh, Seth Rogen did not change his voice at all. That was just Seth Rogen. Well, a resounding plug there by yeah. <laughs> Kelly to conclude the episode. Uh, have you ever that... seen the 1993 Mario movie? I have. That movie's fucking wild. Yes. <laughs> as much of the 90s were. That's such a horny movie. And it's got the incredibly realistic Yoshi that rules. 
But that is all we have for this episode of Jumping Bomb Audio. So for Kelly, I am Taylor, and we will talk to you in two weeks' time here on Jumping Bomb Audio. Goodbye. Goodbye, everybody. I need to end this recording now. This is my job. Oh, no. Hopefully it goes well. Hello, everyone. My name is Taylor. And I'm Kelly. And we are the co-hosts of Jumping Bomb Audio, the number one show all about the world of Joshi Pro Wrestling. Episodes drop every other Monday where we discuss the biggest Joshi news, review shows, and preview the hottest upcoming Joshi action. So whether you're a new fan or an old fan, we've got something here for you at Jumping Bomb Audio. Check us out on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.